Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome, welcome to today's radio show or podcast, I have to say. Of course, we are recording. It's not actually a live show anymore. But welcome to today's show of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement at the Empowerment Channel of Voice America, the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. Welcome to all my listeners, and they are worldwide. I have listeners here, of course, in the United States and Canada, but there's also uh, people in Europe, in Germany, in France, England, as well as in uh, China, Australia, Vietnam, all over the world. That makes me so happy. And of course, uh, our countries are slightly different, but that doesn't mean that we all uh, have a time now that we want to maybe um, think about retiring from work or things that we have been doing for um, a long time. So I'm grateful that you are making time today to listen to the uh, talk show so that you can plan and prepare for your next chapter in life. My name is Maria Lucasen and I am a certified retirement coach. I help women find joy and meaning in retirement. And ideally, we do this before starting that next phase in life. However, um, if you have started already your retirement or you did it last year and you're stuck, then um, let me know. I have a special program, Next Chapter Roadmap. It's a 90-day program, and maybe that could be something that could help you in your retirement. Just write an email to maria at marialucasenhq.com. Welcome to today's show. I want to talk, I do this because um, after working 40 years, I'm ready to retire and do something, be able to do something where I want it, when I want it. And um, so this is part of my legacy that I want to build for um the future for people to know me that I brought awareness and motivated women to think about retirement. And today I am talking to somebody who had to retire because of a, fine, a family situation. Um, and she had to take care of her husband. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, especially in uh, thinking about that many women, three, uh, two out of three women have um, a disease of Alzheimer's. 
dementia before they die. So it's important to look at that aspect of living life. I want to start this podcast with the usual um, subject of affirmations. And uh, if you don't know what an affirmation is, it's a sentence and thinking about it on a daily basis and multiple times each day will help you change your mind, change your focus. So an affirmation opens the door. It's the beginning point on the path to change. In essence, you are saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I am aware that there is something I can do to change. When I talk about doing affirmations, I mean consciously choosing words that will either help eliminate something from your life or help create something new in your life. So my affirmation for today is, I put a relationship with my loved ones first and foremost. That is what matters most. And taking care of somebody is really difficult. So making time, putting all your energy and effort in taking care of somebody else can be quite frustrating and and hard. So thinking about that relationship will help you in the way I said it, can help you be at peace and and, and more calm when you think about it and and also maybe find more joy in that relationship. So the affirmation is, I put a relationship with my loved one first and foremost. That's what matters most. So I would now like to welcome to the podcast, my friend and guest speaker for today. And her name is Betsy Wurzel. Betsy, hello. Welcome to today's podcast. So glad you are here today. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me on. I love your affirmation. That is so beautiful and so very true. Relationships are so important to make the time to be with your loved one and fully present, right? Without the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's a, a, a good way of looking at it because often uh, we just see people sitting together at a dining room table somewhere or uh, um, uh, on the beach, wherever they are, and they're all looking at their phone and they're not talking with each other. Um, so then I think, why are you together? You know, I, I, I talk to people when I go, I love to walk. You know, that's my favorite thing. Walk and talk. And we just don't have phones with us. So we talk and it's, it's just good for the interaction and to, to catch up and to know what, what's happening in people's lives. So phones are, um, sometimes they can disturb things a little bit. Yes. In, in relationships. But before we start on the topic for today, I wanted to give you a little bit of background on uh, Betsy as she uh, gave it to me and uh, she will probably mention it as well once we start getting in our conversation. But she was um, a nurse and a preschool teacher's aide. She took care of her mother-in-law who had Alzheimer, and uh, she 
um, found out a lot of Alzheimer's by doing that. Then her husband, Matt, was diagnosed with early onset of Alzheimer at the age of 56. Yeah, there is no age limit on when you can uh, get this uh, terrible disease of Alzheimer's. So she had to advocate for her husband from the beginning with getting a proper diagnosis to receive the decent end of life care. Because yes, uh, uh, once you have uh, been diagnosed with the disease, there is no going back. It's not gonna change anymore. There's things you can probably do to, to stop it, to delay it. But um, like I mentioned already, there are many of us who will uh, get this disease before we end our life. So by doing this, um, she found after her husband dies, she found what it was that would give new purpose in her life. And that was talking about the disease of Alzheimer, as well as talking about caregiving. And that's where we want to talk about today, too, on the show. And she has her own radio show, and she will talk about that in, uh, in one of the questions that we have, how she got to that. So I'm so glad that she has time today to talk with me about caregiving as well as about Alzheimer's. So Betsy, um, welcome again. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how this came for you that you a, had to take care of your husband and how you got the idea of now being an advocate for Alzheimer's disease. Oh, thank you again, Maria, for having me on. And uh, especially this month, which is World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. Right. The number six, yes, it's the number six killer. And it is a global epidemic. September 21st is World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. My husband was diagnosed in... I want to say May of 2010. So that's 12 years ago already. Yeah. And I had to advocate for my husband's name was Matt for him to get a proper diagnosis because a lot of times they are misdiagnosed and Matt was misdiagnosed with depression. But then again, who would not be depressed when you cannot do your job and you don't know where things are around your house? Yeah, uh, that would be depressing for anyone. Exactly. So the antidepressants didn't work. Matt didn't even know what time it was on his uh, watch one morning. Uh, he taught Sunday school for over 20 years. And I said, that's not depression. And Alzheimer's does run in Matt's family. So mm -hmm. I suspected Alzheimer's. His company doctor suspected Alzheimer's. And I knew i mean i saw his mri report he had global shrinkage his brain waves his eeg was abnormal it said suggestive of dementia so i went back to the neurologist and i said listen matt doesn't even know how to tell time mm -hmm. so that is not depression call it what it is i know he has i knew he had alzheimer's yeah and it runs in his family and start him on medication 
Um, I just want to clarify something, Maria. Once you were diagnosed with any dementia, there is no stopping it. There's no slowing it down. There's no cure. There's no treatment. There's only medications to treat the symptoms. And what they really have to work on is prevention, which is really difficult. The only thing that I can suggest to your audience is to eat a healthy diet, exercise, try to avoid getting diabetes, which can lead to a type of uh, dementia. Or if there's heart disease in your family, try, you know, being on a healthy diet and exercise to avoid that. Unfortunately, uh, we can't pick our DNA. <laughs> so um, you just do what you can do. Yeah. To avoid these diseases um, is what I recommend. Yeah. Um, you no. know, and diabetes and heart disease runs in my family. So I have to be very diligent in watching um, my own diet. Yeah, it's uh, indeed once um, it's something you can't stop. Uh, anymore once you have been diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer or any other form of, of dementia. There are multiple uh, different aspects of dementia. Uh, and we don't want to go into, into all the details. Yeah, the only thing that you consciously can do is to live a life as healthy as possible. And that's often people don't realize, don't think about that until something happens with themselves or with a loved one that I see, oh my gee, what happened? How did this happen? He seemed perfectly all right. He seemed happy, but you don't know what the food uh, does to your body. All the sugar drinks, the soft drinks that you have, all the fasting uh, food that you get from wherever uh, you you get an, uh, a burger from. You don't know what happens by driving everywhere in your car and uh, putting your car as close as possible instead of uh, doing an extra 10 or 15 steps just to get some uh, movement and some activity going. There are little things that all add up over time. It's nice to have it convenient and comfortable. But if that leads then to diseases like the diabetes or an unhealthy lifestyle, then um, it, it, it's not a good effect on your life. And um, it's uh, something that you could prevent. If you want to, it. Uh, I know sometimes it's hard to say no uh, to um, a coffee with a donut. Uh, the coffee might be good, but the donut not. <laughs> but yeah, so you have to make your choices in life uh, by what you eat, by what you do. That's uh, really where, where it comes to. But once you have the disease, and I hear from you that it often is mistreated in the beginning, because uh, especially if, like your husband, who was uh, uh, only in his 50s, it's young to think about that that could happen and that uh, you could have indeed uh, dementia already or Alzheimer. Uh, 
So um, it's 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 something we need to talk more open about so that people are aware. Hey, how do you recognize it? You said, for example, you mentioned the time. What are other things that you would say um, you would or he would notice that that something is off, that uh, it's not depression, but something else? Can you talk a little bit about that? What other symptoms did you see? Sure. I was noticing things at home and Matt's employer and his co-workers were noticing things at work. Matt didn't know where things were at work. He didn't know how to do his job. He was forgetting what to do. They took the forklift away from him because they were afraid that he would be a danger with it. Yeah. And they, um, I noticed at home that he didn't know where the uh, recyclables go and he didn't know his way around town where he lived his whole life. Uh-huh. He didn't know how to spell time. Yeah. Um, he said he had trouble reading mm-hmm. and, um, I, I won't forget this, uh, Maria, Matt loved to read Yeah, and he said that the words would jump around. Oh, it had nothing to do with his glasses. It was his brain mm-hmm. and he had, um, he was kind of like, He was a little depressed and, I mean, understandable. But a lot of times some people talk about that someone shows anxiety. Uh, My mother-in-law had personality changes. My mother-in-law was a very quiet woman. She became very paranoid, thought I was stealing from her. Um, They get hallucinations, um, and it depends on the individual Matt didn't get hallucinations till really near um, his last uh, year of life. Yeah. Um, where my mother-in-law had hallucinations way before her end of life. Yeah. So every, everyone is different. There's a saying, when you meet one person with dementia, you only met that one person because it varies so different with everybody. It's just, it baffles the doctors. It, it's baffling to me. Um why some people progress faster, why some progress slower. It's just, uh, and then it, it's almost like a fascinating disease in a way because it's just so varied and it doesn't run a smooth linear line. Uh, you don't know how long somebody will live. People can live up to 20 years if yeah. not longer, if they're healthy to begin with, and depending on their age, uh, Matt lived for 10 years. Yeah. And Matt, Matt was healthy. Uh, he did have high cholesterol, but he was on a statin. Other yeah. than that, there was nothing uh, wrong with his health. Yeah. And, and, and that is the, the, the thing that we often forget. Um, I know the Alzheimer's disease from my mom, but my mom got it late in life. You know, she might have had symptoms for, I would say, a year and a half, maybe two years before she passed away. So in a way, that is a short period. And, and she was already in her 80s, you know, when she got it. So it's a different kind of situation as the, your, the man that your husband was, because 
he was in his 50s and in the, in, in the prime of his life kind of thing. Um, um, if it then happens to you, that is um, a hard situation. Your husband, Matt, um, he, he knew that he had the disease. Did he, uh, was he aware of what was happening to him? In the beginning, excuse me, when we went for neuropsychological testing and he went for his MRI, he wouldn't admit he was having difficulty. Yeah. And he didn't tell me what was going on at work. He probably forgot by the time he came home. Yeah. Um, so he didn't recognize it at first, but when he was diagnosed and when his company put him out on disability that he was like okay you know I had this I don't like it but this is God's will for me this is what I have to accept okay and it's so um and it's mind-boggling because the company doctor and I don't know if she saw him in person or not she suspected dementia. She suspected it. And yet these doctors in my area kept saying, oh, Matt's too young. He's too young. Mm -hmm. And what really got me into my car, Maria, to advocate once I got a cell phone, a smartphone, yeah. was I was angry and I had to change my I had I couldn't let that consume me. I yeah. had to turn my anger into a positive. So my anger became my passion. Yes. And I'm, still angry. I'm still angry, Maria. I'm angry that doctors don't listen. I'm angry at how we were treated in the medical community. I'm angry that they blame the person who's coming to them for help. Um, the neuropsychologist said, Matt can't possibly be that bad. Mm. And yes, he can be. They didn't know 12 years ago what they know now. I didn't know 12 years ago what I know now. I hope the doctors are more educated now. I could yes. only hope. Yes. Um, even to advocate for Matt when he was on hospice to get decent, dignified, end of life care. Mm -hmm. And not I don't understand, Maria, for the life of me, why people think that those with dementia don't have pain. Yes, they have pain. They're human beings. Of course. Treat them as human beings. My yeah. husband very clearly said to me, I have a headache. Now, my husband never complained. Mm -hmm. And if he complains he has back pain or a headache, I believe him. I know he has pain. The social worker of the hospice said, no, he can't have a headache. I said, what do you mean he can't have a headache? Yeah. How do you know what dying brain feels like? Who are you to say that? Yeah. Um, we really, it's so important. I have to tell your audience, it's so important to educate yourself about yeah. your loved diagnosis. Knowledge is power. Join a support group. This is where I learned a lot about caregiving. It wasn't from a doctor. It was from other caregivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and as you say, um, 
even with Alzheimer, you're still a person. You still can get hurt. You still can feel pain. Um, often um, you might stumble uh, or people in that uh, because they might not um, be um, as healthy anymore or um, anybody can stumble. I mean, uh, even you and I who are in, in, in good health, if I hit my arm against um, the a table a corner, then my arm will hurt, you know. So um, if, if somebody with Alzheimer does the same thing, it hurts to them too. So why wouldn't they be able to have, uh, like you say, um, uh, a headache or a stomach ache? They can eat something that doesn't fit well in their, their stomach, you know, or they could have um, any other um, diseases like uh, slow bo bowel movement, whatever, you know, they can be uncomfortable too. And then you just should treat that in a similar way. And it's, it's sad to see that um, often then the medical um, staff is not treating it in a similar way or not giving it the attention that it really should have to make them the, the person who has Alzheimer comfortable. So I'm so sorry to hear that um, the, the people that you approached for help were not able to give it to you in first uh, inst instance when you, when you really needed it the, the most. Once you knew what it was, of course, uh, then there's a lot of ways how to, to find out things about it. But um, yeah, caregiving is not so easy if you have somebody in, in, in the house that, um, that needs it, and especially somebody with, with Alzheimer's. Um, so you said, um, are there certain things in your life besides uh, advocating now for uh, Alzheimer and having those difficulties at that time that you say, what else did help you to uh, move on through those years that Matt was alive and that you saw him um, yeah, living and getting worse um, after a certain period of time? You saw the changes. What did help you get through that? Uh, that's a good question, Maria. Thank you for asking. Um, I am a uh, believer, and I can say that God's grace helped me get through. I could not have done it without my faith. Yeah. Um, and that's, um, you know, I give God the glory. Uh, counseling, I went for counseling. Yeah. And I also, you know, the support of other caregivers, support. If you can't go to a physical support group, which I, I wasn't able to yeah. join, uh, there's so many groups on Facebook. I have one hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement it's on Facebook. You don't have to have Alzheimer's. Everyone's welcome to join. Yeah. Because we learn from other caregivers. When my mother-in-law had it 20 years ago, there wasn't much information available. No. Now there's a lot of information available in 2022. Yeah. And there people might take offense to this. And well, I just don't care. I'm very blunt. I'm from New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> caregivers out there 
there is so much information out there. There's no excuse not to be educated. When you educate yourself about what to expect, you are a better caregiver. You can give better care. You can understand your loved one and give them a better quality of life by understanding what is going on, by understanding the changes. I can't say it enough, Maria, how important education is for a a caregiver. And even if you're not a caregiver now, chances are you will be or you will need one. Yeah. Uh, One Three people get diagnosed with Alzheimer's and it's higher uh, with women. So educate yourself now about this uh, disease so that you are uh, prepared. I'm glad I was well seasoned and prepared when Matt started to hallucinate so that I was able to deal with it and help our son know what to do. Okay. Um, You know, Yeah, reading about something and seeing it in your face. I know it's two different things. All right. But when I prepared, I much I was a much better caregiver to Matt because I had knowledge yeah. than I was mother in law. Exactly. You know, where I didn't have the information because it wasn't available at that time. Right. That's so true. That's uh there is a lot. You can, of course, say the internet and we're all online and social media and all that stuff and uh, security and and cyberspace and whatever you want to talk of. Um, But there there are also good things online with having the internet, with having the connection and be able to find resources and knowledge. Like you say, educate yourself about what could happen. And um, it's it's and I think it's a part of um, of life just to know more about it, not just for yourself, but for anybody else in your family, in your social circle that might get um, uh, in uh, one of the diseases that 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 we are talking about um, dementia. It's uh, like you say, there are many people who will be um, a, a victim or a patient and have this. It's not necessary then for you to say, okay, that's her thing. I I don't uh, have to know anything about it. You can help them live their life in a different way if you know what is happening with their brain, what is happening uh, in their body, why they are the way they are. Um, so uh, what are certain things that you say you could do with Matt and that he enjoyed doing say uh, sure yeah oh I just want to say also Maria that for a caregiver yeah self-care you have to do self-care self-care is a matter of life and death for you the caregiver And if you want to enjoy life during caregiving and after caregiving, you need to take care of yourself. You need to put your priorities straight. Um, I took Matt out and I want to say this. You know what? I don't care what your loved one has or if, you know, if you yourself have some kind of diagnosis, dementia, whatever, live your life. Go out and enjoy life. Don't let your diagnosis define you. 
do what you could do while you still can do it. I took Matt out to, he loved going to the mall. He loved getting um, his Starbucks Carmel Frappuccino. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Going to the park. We were able to go to the movies up to a certain point, but he, he couldn't tolerate that. He really just liked going to the mall yeah. or, or the that was his two favorite things. And he loved being with uh, Josh and I. He was very happy when he was uh, with us. And I took pictures of Matt. I showed Matt's journey. And people would say to me, Betsy, I'm taking out my husband or my wife because I see you taking Matt out. Yeah. And we need to enjoy life while we can, because as the disease progresses, it's harder to take your loved one out. Mm -hmm. And then it gets where you cannot take them out anymore. So live life and enjoy it and do what you can do uh, with your loved one while they still can enjoy it. And you can too. And put away that phone and enjoy being mindful of the present moment. Cause that's all we have. Yes. All we have is the. Exactly. Exactly. The, the present moment is, yeah, we often forget that we often look either in the past or we look in the future. Uh, we wish for something and, uh, or we, we look at how good it was and, um, it's a situation where you are in, especially if the disease is progressing uh, and you you are not able to do any more the things that you used to do, like going to the mall or the movies or um, doing a game together or what, what whatever it is. Um, sing songs. I don't know what some activities are that, that he loved to do and that all of a sudden you can't anymore because he is not able to participate anymore and, and and that is the sad part so enjoy every moment that you are together and that he can do things with you still and enjoy them too so yes so a self-care you mentioned already is really important for caregivers um, finding a support system of people that can help you, isn't it? Uh, that that uh, can help you to, to say, okay, at a certain time, okay, uh, maybe somebody else can come and stay with my husband for an hour so I can go here, can do this or that. Is, is that how you organized uh, some of your yeah. self-care? Yes, yes. Uh, my son, our son, Josh, was such a wonderful caregiver for his dad. Yeah. Um, and we, we were a team. We were a tag team. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been able to have worked if it wasn't for Josh. And I, I have to say this, Maria, my son, Josh, has a cognitive disability. Yeah. And understood more about Alzheimer's than so-called intelligent people. Ooh. Josh understood Alzheimer's and he was so proud to be a caregiver for his dad. Yeah. I he can't... was proud. Yes. And I, I totally get that, you know, because and that's the, the way we people often think, 
you know, that people who have uh, cognitive issues and cannot do certain things anymore because they they might think different or maybe a little bit slower or whatever um, symptom they, they, they think they see. But often those people have uh, a big heart and uh, so much love and compassion for other people. And like your son, I can so imagine that he was uh, so ready and willing to help his dad when, when he noticed what was happening to, to his dad. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he got that opportunity to take care of his dad together with you. Um, so um, that is memories making um, um, the, the best way you can for him, for your dad, or his dad, I'm sorry, um, and, and for you to be um, together in, in, in this uh, particular situation. So yeah, that's, that's cool that you had your son as um, as a backup caregiver for you, so that you could take care of you at, at sometimes uh, in your life. Cool. Yes, yes. Yeah. Josh, Josh would wear the T-shirt that someone brought him, yeah. and the T-shirt said, "Caregiving is my superpower." What Ooh. is your? <laughs> oh, cool. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a neat T-shirt. Uh, I. Uh, to have and, and and to give somebody who is a caregiver because it indeed it, it requires a lot of a person uh to to sometimes it's 24 7 uh to take care of somebody and it's not always just for a couple of days it's most of the time it's for a much much longer period so um you found your gift in all this you say how did you find your gift Yes, I, you know, Alzheimer's um, took Matt away, but yeah, I uh, found my my gifts. I realized I'm a strong person. Yeah, and I started to flip my beliefs and doing inner work that I do have value as a person and I do have a voice. I never saw myself as a leader. Yeah, <laughs> never did I see myself as a leader and. I've been a leader and I didn't know it. I was an advocate and didn't know it. Um, I'm so thankful that Jeannie White, who's station manager, uh, Patrick World Talk Radio, saw one of my videos and contacted me for an interview, which led me to speak on her show and led me to have my own show. Having my show, Chatting with Betsy, gave me a purpose it gives me a mission. It it helps. It helped me focus on something other than Matt's dying at the time. Yeah. And having my group, I started also my group when Matt was alive. Um, and my group hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement. I created it because I was in a dark hole. Yeah. And I said I either had to kick it or it's going to kick me. And I came out fighting and, you know, people say, well, how can you kick Alzheimer's ass? It's a disease. Well, I'll tell you how you kick it. You live your life. Yeah. You let your loved one 
have a, a great life while they can. And yeah. you celebrate holidays. Doesn't matter if they remember or not. You celebrate birthdays. As you bring the party to them. If you can't go out, you bring the party to them like I did. Yeah. Uh, you have to realize the the good that's happening. And I created the group so nobody should ever walk this journey alone during caregiving or after. And my show, Chatting with Betsy, I started out interviewing caregivers, but then I expanded. I had to thank Lillian Caldwell, who's CEO of Pastoral Talk Radio, who would send me press releases <laughs> to interview different people. Yeah. And my show, Maria, is to help people, to help people know they are not alone. There are resources to help them. And it's helping me carrying out Matt's legacy because I promised Matt I would carry on with my work. Yes. It's gone. Might get a little emotional here. Yes, yes, yes. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yes, and that, that is so beautiful that you are using um, your experience to be open and vulnerable about it and to share whatever you learned uh, in, in this situation with other people through talking on the on your talk radio show, coming on my show, as well as using your voice on, um, on Facebook by creating this support group for people that are looking for somebody who knows where they're talking about when they say something or where they just can vent something that happened in their life where they uh, were not some miscommunication or whatever it was. So I'm so grateful that you are doing what you are doing um, for the disease of Alzheimer's. Uh, I'm an advocate too, but not as powerful and as strong as you are for Alzheimer's. I'm doing the walk here in, in, in the area where I live, uh, in, in our county, I'm in the board to get it organized with um, 20, 30, whatever, more people, the ones are a, a year work that they do. So and once I retire, I hope I can do much more for Alzheimer's because me too, I see what it does to people. And I think, um, yeah, I want to talk about that so that um, people know and can be prepared or be much more, um, how shall I say, compassionate uh, when they talk or see somebody who has the disease. And um, not everybody, uh, and like you say, there's a lot of people who will um, be um, having this disease before they pass away. And not always do you have the right people around you like you and and your son were the perfect team for your your husband but i'm all alone so if something like that would happen to me i i would be totally uh i, I would i wouldn't know at the moment what i would do if somebody would tell me maria you have um onset alzheimer disease so uh, at the moment i'm telling the universe i don't have I don't want it. I want to stay healthy. But yeah, you don't know when these things happen to you. So you have a Facebook group. 
um, uh, uh, can you repeat one more time the name of your Facebook group so that whoever is listening knows where they can find you uh, if they have questions on Alzheimer's, if they have questions about caregiving? Sure. Thank you, Maria. The name of my group is hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement. It's on Facebook. You don't have to have Alzheimer's. You don't even have to be a caregiver. If you just want to come and be educated. Um, I welcome people from all walks of life. I welcome the LBGTQ plus community. Uh, Alzheimer's doesn't discriminate. I don't either. Right. And my group is, is a, it's a family. It, it's like a family of my support group. I'm very proud of the people in my group. Very supportive, very loving. Yeah. And um, my show, Chatting with Betsy, can be heard on Apple, uh, Megaphone, iTunes, iHeart, um, wherever you have your favorite podcast. I'm probably on there. Um, and a great, very grateful and blessed to be a, a host and to, to help people. Um, that's what I'm about is helping people. I, I wish I knew resources when Matt was alive and I want to provide resources for people to help them live a better life. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love uh, the title of your, your show, Chatting with Betsy. I think that's what we did right now. I, I, <laughs> I loved our conversation about... Having, knowing somebody who has uh, a disease that is a, a terminal disease and it can be a short term, it can be a much longer time, like your, your husband who lived for 10 years. So just to be prepared for that, um, I hope our conversation today uh, will give you some insights on what life can be if that happens to somebody in your life and you will be the main person that is taking care of them. So thank you so much, Betsy, for being here today and sharing all your wisdom that you learned in the past three, four, five, ten years that you have been dealing with, with Alzheimer's disease in any way or form um, with, with the audience. So uh, I appreciate that you are doing that. That's, uh, sure. is, yeah. Thank, uh, thank you for having me, Marie. I really appreciate it. And um, if people want to contact me, I'm also, I have my own personal page on Facebook, yeah. Betsy Wurzel, W-U-R-Z-E-L. And you can find me there and you can message me. Okay. Um, I also will uh, leave some of the of those things in the in the description of the podcast. So if you didn't make notes uh, and you're listening, uh, you will find them in the description, the the Facebook page as well as the the name of the the, the talk radio show that Betsy does uh, host. Then you can look them up in the description for it. So Betsy, I thank your husband who has been watching and listening to our conversation now, isn't it? You have him in front of you yeah. on the picture. <laughs> yes, I love that. So he will be proud of you doing what you're doing right now. So thank you for uh, 
finding your gift and sharing it with the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Maria. I appreciate being on your show. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Yeah, this is the end for today again of our podcast. So if you have comments, questions for me, please email maria at marialukasenhq.com and I will use them to find either an expert to talk with or I answer them myself in any of the future podcasts. And you know, every last Wednesday of the month, there is a new podcast published. So I hope you will be listening again in uh, a couple of weeks times to see what my next topic and my next expert are talking about. So for if you are listening on any of the big channels like uh, iTunes or Spotify, please leave a comment so that people will find the show and listen to it. I thank you all for being on this particular talk show today and I wish you all well till next time. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.